Now it's time for Letter to Hong Kong, which this week comes from legislator Claudia Mo. This programme is a personal view programme. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has certainly been very busy. In the past two months, she has visited Singapore, Thailand, the United Kingdom and, of all places at the moment, Myanmar in the middle of its ethnic cleansing of Muslim Rohingya. That's in addition to multiple mainland visits, Shanghai, Beijing, Tianjin, Hangzhou and Shenzhen. Back in Hong Kong, barely a day goes by without announcement of some supposed initiative. But where is the substance in all this, particularly the claim that she will focus on healing Hong Kong's divisions? There's not much evidence that her foreign hosts took much notice of her visits, nor that they advanced trade. She was there to fly her flag and also underline Chinese ethnic solidarity by appearing at the World Chinese Entrepreneurs' Convention in Yangon. Likewise, visits to multiple mainland cities are irrelevant to her role as chief executive of this city. Businessmen and officials in Shanghai, for example, do not need her to tell them about Hong Kong. Back in Hong Kong, we have supposed initiatives which fail to address the substance of problems. Container homes can perhaps provide a quick fix for a limited number, but are quite land-intensive. Then there is the scheme whereby the government will accept what amounts to um, charity from the bloated oligarchs of the uh, property cartel. They will lend some decaying properties to the Hong Kong Council of Social Services, which will fix them up for multi-family occupation. Any government which was not in the pocket of such developers would simply compulsorily acquire them for use as public housing or redevelopment. Then we have the initiative of a committee of interested parties looking at how to increase land supply. So it will study options for using country parks, reclamation, etc. But there is little sign that it will address the most obvious source, the mostly despoiled so-called agricultural land in the new territories with its container and old car dumps, which have no economic rationale other than provide some income for landowners, mostly the property tycoons, of course, while they squeeze the supply of land for private sector development. Nor is there any suggestion of abolishing the small house scheme. This provides males, only males, of so-called indigenous villages with huge profits at the expense of the public and keep huge areas of land reserved for this undeserving male elite. Likewise, apparently thanks to the influence of the Hung Yi Kuk, land use and building laws in the new territories go unenforced on a massive scale, as do laws against the illegal dumping of waste, which is despoiling the countryside. Indeed, Hong Kong's claims to offer a fair legal playing field have long been suspect. Now they have been further undermined during Carrie Lam's tenure by the length of jail sentences handed out to demonstrators. 
the motive of the appeal judges in giving what they called deterrent sentences to political activists was so obviously political that few outsiders believe the house of outrage from the likes of Rimsky Yun and former chief prosecutor Grenville Cross. The self-delusion of much of the legal elite hiding behind its own privileges is clear. They need to see themselves as others see them. Likewise, the erosion of intellectual freedom to debate independence and other issues at our universities continues under "quote unquote" patriotic pressure. Even Hong Kong Youth Vice Chancellor Peter Matheson, who's departing for Edinburgh amid the Scotland Independence Campaign, joined the censorship chorus. The university bosses obediently served Carrie Lam, the faithful civil servant, who in turn faithfully serves her masters. Confucianism at work. And we have the promise of a cut in tax from 16.5 percent to 10 percent for the first two million of corporate profits. The suggestion that this will spur entrepreneurship makes no sense. It will also make Hong Kong even more reliant on property revenues. If Mrs. Lam has inherited an embarrassment of riches, let her spend on young families, the old, the sick, and on cleaning up an environment which is a disgrace to a rich society. Meanwhile, small businesses are squeezed by the costs imposed by the oligarchs of property, utilities, and retailing. Carrie Lam's speeches are almost numberless, but what talks louder than those is the non-official membership of her executive council, appointments wholly in her gift. She could scarcely excel in appointment of entrenched interests, yesmen, and bohemian medalists, Arthur Lee, Fanny Law. Laura Cha, etc., etc. The chief executive who preaches change and entrepreneurship has, in reality, made herself a prisoner not just of Beijing but of a past which needs overturning if social divisions are to be healed.